You know how the saying goes, jack of all trades, master of none. But many people don't know the full quote is actually, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. If there's any filmmaker I know who fits the person described in this quote, it is Lukman Ali. If he directs the film, then he most likely also wrote it, shot it, and edited it. His first feature film, Girl in the Yellow Jumper, was the first Ugandan film to get on Netflix. Earlier this year, he was announced as one of the six finalists in the Netflix UNESCO short film competition. Around the same time, he came to Nigeria to direct Brotherhood, a film produced by Jade Oshiberu. In this episode, we talk about Lukman's journey, the Ugandan film industry and his lessons from making Girl in the Yellow Jumper. As these things usually go, I'm going to start by asking you, what's your origin story? Origin? Yep. <laughs> like, like who, who am I? Yeah, who are you? How, I mean, we know Lukman, the filmmaker. What was your journey to, you know, filmmaking? Why filmmaking? You know, all of that jazz. I think every time I get that question, I'm always actually wondering to myself, do I really know who I am? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if I'm the only one that, that gets that a lot, but most times I do wonder myself, like, who, who am I really, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then what's so the answer this, you come to? I, I don't know. I, I think there's a, there's a me that I know on the inside and then there's like the me that I portray on the outside. And it's quite different. Like most of the times I'm like, I, I try so much to not let the, the me out because <laughs> I feel like the, 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 the actual me is a little bit inappropriate. Uh-huh. But okay, yeah, so let's forget, I, let's forget, let's forget the um, outside you first off. Give us a glimpse at the inside you. The, the inside me is a guy that just hates rules <laughs> and I just I just want to do things the way I want to uh, which is uh, I don't know if it's a it's probably a terrible thing but you're a rebel I'm like yeah like I just I don't know why but I I just hate anything that I'm supposed to do you know so if let's say I'm supposed to wake up at 10 I don't want to wake up at 10 simply because someone says I have to wake up at 10. But if they were to say you should wake up at 11, then I'm like, then I'll wake up at 10, you know? Mm. So I don't know. It's a bit childish, but that's, yeah. that's why I, I, I don't think I it's, it I don't myself. think it's necessarily childish because um, I think I'm a bit like that. I may not be like as rebellious as you are, but you know, I think I'm a bit like that. But then thinking about talking about rebellion, do you think that has affected the kind of filmmaker that you are? Yeah, uh, it has. It has. I, uh, I, I tend to do. Uh, OK, my, my interest is really in the kind of films that I grew up watching. And unfortunately, I didn't really grow up. I didn't really grow up on a lot of African film. I grew up mostly on American cinema. And every time I'm, I'm thinking about a movie, that's kind of what I see. So uh, I'm, in, I'm in a world now where uh, if, if I make a film that kind of looks like an American film uh, is a backlash. Oh my God, you're trying to copy, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you be original? <laughs> and I'm always like, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just what I 
want. I, I don't really care if it's original. <laughs> Not. I mean, if you want to make plays about, if you want to make plays about Shakespeare, you're not Shakespeare, but that's what you want, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if that answers anything. I, I, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, the fact that um, you're gonna do you, regardless of um, what anyone thinks. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like yeah, yeah that definitely sounds like a rebel. But then, um, do you think that? I mean, at what point in your life did you start thinking about, you know, making films? I know you've mentioned that you grew up watching American films and stuff, but at what point did you think that, you know, maybe you should be making films? Uh, I think around the time I saw, I keep confusing this, maybe it was around five or eight, but I watched a, a war film. And I, I think it was the very first time I'd watched a movie because I'd seen like regular TV programming, you know, stuff like that. But then I think my parents took me somewhere and as they were having a conversation with whoever this person was, there was a film that was playing on their television. We, we had a black and white TV, but this person had a color TV. And I watched a film, I think it might have been We Were Soldiers or the thin red line, one of those films. And I was blown away. Like I had never seen anything like that in my life. Like that was a, a very, 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 very crazy experience. I, I was thinking, what is this? What's this thing that I'm seeing? <laughs> uh, and that that from that point on, I just kept asking my dad about movies and what does like how do how do I do this? How can I be a filmmaker? You know all that all that stuff. Yeah, and that's pretty much how I think I entered the world of, of cinema through a lot of curiosity. Asking my my dad, my poor father, who doesn't know anything about filmmaking, is just a regular guy and he had like <laughs> try and explain to me what it all meant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I think that was my first, uh, uh, what's the word? Like entrance into the whole, That's really into the whole yeah. thing. I find that interesting because similarly it was, I think I came to film, you know, from that same child's curiosity, you know, like I would watch movies as a kid, my mom used to watch a lot of these Hallmark movies. And for some reason, I just kept on thinking about, oh, how do they make these things happen? Who's working behind the scenes that's making all of this, you know, magic happen? Because it did feel magical. Yeah. Uh, from when you were a kid to your first film project, what was your first film project? And how old were you then? Was it like a short film? Was it, um, what kind of video was it? What kind of projects was it? My very first film uh, is a short film called Monday. Uh, I, 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 for a long time, I wanted to make films, but I couldn't, I couldn't afford to do it uh, because, you know, it's quite expensive to make movies. So once I, was, uh, once I, I, I had enough money to buy a camera, I bought uh, the uh, Blackmagic uh, cinema camera, uh, the, the 2.5 one and at that point i knew that yeah this is it i'm going to I'm going to be a filmmaker now that was your no first camera 
Yeah, that was, well, that was my first video camera. I had a photography camera that I, I, I purchased a few months before, mm. but I, I wasn't, I wasn't really making anything like cinema with, with that. Cause I always felt like it just couldn't, couldn't handle what I, what I wanted. When was that that you made your first short film? It must be, uh, I'd have to check. I'd have to check uh, when I released that. I must have been like eight years ago. Oh, that was a long time ago. Okay. Eight, maybe eight. I'm not pretty sure. I'm terrible with uh, uh, like numbers, remembering numbers and anything like that. Yeah. But I think it's either six or eight. How was your first short film? How did it turn out? Uh, it's surprisingly well. Surprisingly well. I uh, w- w- when I did that, I felt like you know what? Maybe I uh, maybe I might be good at this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but then but then then I did my second one, which was also kind of like okay. Uh, I think after that, I thought that oh yeah, I think I have I have this whole thing figured out. Yeah, and that's when and that's when I went into doing my uh, feature film, uh, and then I got uh, kind of like an awakening that you're actually not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that went south real quick. So I mean, between yeah. between your first short film and your first feature film, how many years was that? What happened, you know, within that period? How do you think you grew or not grew as if go not grow as a filmmaker? I, uh, I, 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 again, I'm really, 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 really bad at uh, uh, remembering uh, dates, but it's easier, easier for me to track it like on YouTube because mm-hmm. I, I can see when I uploaded my film and uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how I, that's how I track that. But the, uh, once I finished my short film, uh, my very first short film, I did that when I was living in Norway. Yeah, so when I came back to Uganda, I uh, I started, uh, I was doing commercials mostly because that's, like uh, that's like a business close enough to what I like doing, which is filmmaking. So mm-hmm. I was quite hyped to do that, you know, make, make, make money from something that I like, uh, which is film. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I started making... Uh, TV commercials, and uh, shot, sh- I shot my sh- my second short film, which is The Bad Mexican, and that was all right. It was mostly visual. I didn't really write a script. I just kind of like made bullet points. Uh, but it it kind of showed me, uh, like it, it showed me that I I could actually do this. You know, if I uh, if I fixed a few things, I could probably do this. So uh, d- during the process of making that, I realized that, oh, maybe I need to actually write something so that it's not just in my head. Everyone else can, like everyone else knows what I'm trying to do. And yeah, I started writing a short film that later I decided to turn into a feature film, which turned out to be Girl in the Yellow Jumper. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, I, I realized that, oh, shit. It's actually quite hard to make films. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, then, and, then, and then I went back to making short films. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned um, 
commercials, right? Like you've been making commercials and yeah, I could see that on your page. Is that because yeah. is that because um, the Ugandan film industry isn't as developed for you to make, you know, as much money as you would make in commercials or Yeah. Is that Yeah. Mm. I'm actually and, and, and only until recently, I had never made a single coin from uh, film, from film projects. Yeah, so it's really something that I would do on the weekends when, you know, like when I'm done with my real work, which is doing the commercials. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. But why, why do you think the Ugandan film industry, you know, isn't as rewarding as you know it should be or as developed as it should be i think perhaps the issue might be because there's just isn't uh the, the, the economy itself uh it's a relatively new industry we've we've been uh, we've had a lot of theater happening and uh for a while that actually worked for a lot of people mm. but Film is kind of a relatively new medium for us, uh, and, and because of uh, uh, how people look at our films, they think our films are really, really, really bad. And it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to sell a product that ninety uh, percent of your market thinks is awful. Like, regardless of what you do, you might make a better film, but still, no one is going to believe that it's actually a good film. Yeah, you know, because they're not going to give it a chance to watch it in the first place, and like they just have this pre, you know, this notion that it's just just simply sucks. We we deal with a bit of that in Nigeria as well, to be honest. So I get that with the, with these short films that I'm doing, it's really more like just trying to uh, show people that yeah, we we are trying to improve. So maybe, you know, maybe you should support us. <laughs> maybe you should support us. So, yeah. Yeah, I get that. But, I mean, your, your films look really good. Your films, I mean, the ones I've seen. And it makes me wonder, because I know that it's not just one person that makes a film, obviously. So it makes me wonder about your crew, yeah. right? So how do you find people to work with? Uh, I tend to... Um, uh, so what during uh, my 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 time in uh, in in Norway, I tried. I, I had a lot of free time because of the working hours in 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 Europe. I, I, they, they, the hours are just uh, like too good. Yeah. So I had a lot of time on my hands, just doing stuff. You know, just just learning online and practicing all these different things. Uh, so with my background in drawing, graphics design, uh, there I am sitting in office for all these hours learning how, how to uh, do animation. Uh, then uh, uh, buying my first camera, I'm living in a foreign country, I'm all by myself. So now I have to shoot movies by myself. If I'm lucky to get an actor, that's good. But then everything else, I have to do it myself, audio, all these things. So, of course, all that stuff is going to be bad. But in the process of trying to improve these things, I'll find that I have to do so many different tasks. Of course, you're not going to be good at all of them, but you're going to be good enough to know 
why they're not, why you're not good, like why it's not working. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So because of that, when I, when I got back to Uganda, I, was think, I came back with that whole spirit that oh, I think we're going to make like a team and massive team and we're going to do, we're going to do all this thing and going to blow away everyone's mind. And I got to, when I got to, to when I came back home, I, I quickly realized that most people are really interested in, in like the, the glamour of uh, a film set, like just taking pictures and being around and posting hashtag set life, mm-hmm. but they weren't really interested in the work itself. Uh, Cause I, I would end up being the only one like first day, there's so many people, but then, as the days go by, find yourself being the only one. So because of that, I quickly learned that I had to do most of these things myself. So I took a couple of years. I'm a perfectionist. So everything, even things I didn't know, I would try to look up tutorials and try to learn as much as I can and how to do them and how to do, to be, to do a, a better job. Uh, and you know, with, as they say, with practice, you just end up get uh, like you know getting better at things. And uh, now that I have uh, a team, I don't okay, at least not yet. I don't necessarily necessarily rely that much on on a team because I've always done everything myself and. Most of the times, I like I I'm very very especially now that most of my projects don't have that much money, I am very much afraid of people like abandoning me halfway. Mm. So because so because of that fear, I always like at the back of my mind, I um, I know that I, I, at some point this might all just fall back on me. And I'm always prepared for that. Uh, yeah, but of course, I have some guys that are quite essential to, uh, to what I do. And yeah, I, of course, there's always, there's always those guys. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, try, I try so much to, to be as self-sufficient as possible to avoid, to avoid issues of uh, people just not, because sometimes people just want you to fail. <laughs> I don't know why, but it happens. I get that. I get that. You know, this, this takes me back to a short film I made where um, I, direct, I directed it, I co-wrote it, I shot it, and I managed the sound myself. Like, I was the entire film crew. It was during the... Yeah. It was during the COVID, I mean, lockdown periods and stuff and i was telling myself okay it's a good way to you know limit the number of crew and everything i mean i got some help later but yeah so but i know what 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 that is like so back to um girl in the yellow jumper why did you make that film was it just because you needed to make a feature film (laughs) i actually every time i'm doing like a pitch yeah and i have and I have to answer that question, like, why am I making this film? I'm always confused. I'm always thinking, do I need a reason? Yeah, I don't think, I, uh, personally, I don't really think I need a reason. Like, sometimes I make a film uh, because sometimes I'm thinking of an idea and there's a reason why I'm thinking about this idea. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, 
I just get this really cool idea. And I'm like, oh my God, I just need, someone needs to see this. Or um, it's it kind of like the same way I would just be sitting at home and I look at a very, very interesting photograph. And I'm like, I have to draw this. I don't really have a reason. It's not like I'm trying to save the planet or whatever, but yeah. I, it's just something that I feel I, I feel like I have to do. Uh, mostly because if I don't, I just lose my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if I, I think, I think artists can relate to that yeah. feeling of, of, of just feeling like it needs to be done and you have to do it and you can't really explain why, but it just has to be done, you know? Yeah. So a lot of times that's how, that's how it is. That's how I feel. And I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how, you know. Mm-hmm. But now for Girl in the Yellow Jumper, I, I promised myself when I was like really, really little, I was like, I will make a feature film before I'm 30. And I, I was like fast approaching 30 by the time I, 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 I met Girl in the Yellow Jumper. Like it was, it was like just knocking on the door. And I have, again, I have this fear of failing to do the thing that I said I'm going to do. Like if I say I'm going to make a film, then by God, I'm going to make that film. Like I just, I'm just so terrified of of failing to do it because then I will never be able to make anything. If I I failed to, to create that, then... You know, like no one will believe me next time. No one will think that I can actually do it. Everyone will think, yeah, he always says that, but then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because of that reason, I was like, it has to get done. Whether I, I mean, I don't care if I do it all by myself alone. Thank God I didn't have to, but yeah, that was the idea. I, it's going to happen with or without anyone's help. Uh, yeah, and and that's just kind of like uh, who who I am as a person. I I don't like like uh, not not like fulfilling own promises. Like I said, I'm going to do this, and then yeah, I failed. You know. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. So yeah, I mean, all the different elements of the film: the the girl in the yellow jumper, the um, serial killer angle to it like one what brought those ideas to your mind was it a show you were watching like can you remember how those ideas came to you i'm just really curious about that so uh about the serial killer this is a story that has, uh, i've always wanted to tell uh, this is something that actually happened uh in uganda like some years back i think it must have been in the 80s or something uh where a guy just came back to revenge for his uh, for his family. So most of his family died of AIDS, but uh, during the time, AIDS was a uh, relatively new disease that uh, no one really understood. So people thought it was witchcraft. So this guy's this guy's family died because of that, and he uh, he thought that someone actually killed them through witchcraft, and because of that. He just went on a crazy revenge mission to just kill everyone. 
And I thought that story was so interesting, but I couldn't tell it because I figured it's probably going to be too expensive to, to create. So I, I made the best, uh, the next best thing, which was to kind of pick out elements from that and just use them in something else. And as for the girl in the yellow jumper idea, <laughs> I was making the film. You have to remember that I'm a very, very visual guy. So most of the things were, the reasons are, uh, even for the name, it's a visual reason. I, it's called the girl in the yellow jumper because uh, the girl was wearing the yellow jumper and I just thought that, okay, yeah, and I'll just call the movie the girl in the yellow jumper because she's kind of the one that sets off all these events. And yeah, yellow looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like your favorite it's, it's color yeah. or something? Uh, not, not, not necessarily. I, I kind of like all colors. But it's, I find that it's easier to use that, especially with uh, the, the nature of architecture we have here, like the buildings, the colors we have here. It just kind of pops with the people's skin tones. And I've always just had bits of it in everything I do. Maybe, maybe I do like it and I just don't know that I, I do. Yeah. So what was the budget for yes, your no. film? And did you fund it all by yourself? Yeah, I funded. Oh, well, I, I got I got some help, but the, uh, the budget was around uh, maybe twenty thousand or forty. Oh, sorry, twenty or thirty thousand around there. U.S. dollars. This was a film that was, Yeah, this is a film that was done like I don't know how to even explain it. It's like one day we're shooting, and then another day we're not shooting because there's no money. So it's really not like we we had a budget set and then started shooting it's more like we have some money today so let's go and shoot mm. so uh, I, I think at some point i lost count of how much money we were spending wow. <laughs> yeah not 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 very professional i know but yeah no i mean i mean I, I totally get that especially for like first projects and it's all you and you have to, and it feels like you're kind of winging it and all that but then um yeah. working like that how long did it take you to shoot the film we shot the film, it took us like maybe three weeks, okay. three, four weeks, uh, but get that three weeks and spread it out in a year. Oh, 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 okay, I get that, I get that. So um, what was your pre-production process like? I mean, from writing to location scouting, all that, just tell me a bit about that. Uh, well, most of it was, uh, I, I, I just drew some storyboards because uh, I, uh, I'm, like, I'm quite good at, at uh, uh, drawing. Did you storyboard so, every single scene? Yeah, I storyboarded the entire thing. Wow. Yeah, because I, since we had no money, that was like the easiest way to like get it done. Like, uh, I had, remember, I was working mostly by myself, so I didn't really have anyone to, like, remind me if I missed a shot, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. I had to, like, have st storyboards that I would revisit every time I was unsure. Yeah, but again, <laughs> when, when you have no money, it's just, everything just sucks. Uh, the, back, the backdrop to this is, like, I am terrified of, failing at something I promised to do. Like if I said I'm going to do something and then I, and then I fail to do it, 
that's like the worst thing that uh, can happen. So uh, when we're working on the film um, and then someone doesn't show up, then in my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're probably trying to sabotage my, my project. Uh, I won't let that happen. So I would just think of an alternative. Uh, maybe, okay, maybe I should get a body double and shoot this. Maybe I should do this. So I, in, in the end, I, I, ch- I changed the story quite a lot, which may have affected the final product uh, in the end. So, I mean, you are changing the story like as you were shooting. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, thinking back, do you think like there was, um, there was any other way you could have solved some of the problems you had, you know, without changing the story? Mm, I, th- I think in, in, given my situation, maybe not. Okay. But do you think you would have made a better film if you had more resources? Definitely, definitely. If I had, if I had even slightly more money, mm-hmm. not like a lot, but slightly more, yeah. it, it would have been a way better project. Ah. It, would have, it would have been massively better because it's not like I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, knew, I knew pretty much all the things that I need to know, like film language, what exactly I needed. But where I say I had no idea was kind of like how to manage everything and how to get everything done. I just didn't know how to effectively get everything, you know. If you were going to make that film today, what would be different? What would you do differently? Uh I, I guess I would plan things better. I would uh, I would do a lot more vetting of the people that I work with, mm. uh, because I I, I think uh, since uh, sometimes we tend to project ourselves on other people and think that uh, they, they they must be like us since we're doing the same job, mm-hmm. uh, and I quickly realize that it's actually not the case. Like we're all different. I I'm the kind of guy that will spend whatever, like I'll just do whatever it takes to have the thing done. Uh, but then uh, there are many people that are not like that and they're just not willing to like go through all that just for a, for a film. Mm. But I, I, was, I was like willing to like not sleep, willing to like so much. And I think sometimes that takes a toll on other people. Mm-hmm. And then you you just end up losing everyone. So, I, I, if I was to do that now, I think I'd have like a I'll try to have like a producer who just kind of like manages people's uh, uh, expectations and everything, you know. So that like I'm, I I I wouldn't want to be the guy that talks to everyone. I, like I would have a producer, mm. you know. I'd have a producer that takes care of everyone else's uh, needs, kind of like uh, like a middle like a middleman, so that I don't have to do all that work. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it sounds like your 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 film set was most likely eventful. I'm sure a lot of stuff went wrong. But what is the um, biggest story for you? Like, because I mean, there's always a crazy story on every set. So I'm curious, what's the craziest thing that happened on set uh we i think for, for that question to make sense we'd have to ask uh what happened on day one what happened on day two because i think we had a crazy thing happening on every single day wow. of the shoot <laughs> well which one stands out for you uh i think 
maybe uh, like four things, four things stand out for me. We, we had this action car that you see in the movie, the, the one that they're, they're driving. Yeah. And yeah. the plan I had was we were going to have it be uh, like, like towed. So it was going to be pulled by another car. So it was going to be like on a flatbed. So I have someone, uh, my gaffer, look, look for a flatbed that we can use. And I never look at this flatbed. I'm just going by his word that it's, it's a nice flatbed and it will work. And then uh, he also got for me a car that we'll be using as a station because we're going to shoot in a very kind of rural area, right? So I'm thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see it when I see it. He gets us this really, really old Volkswagen uh, van. We drive to go and pick up this. On, this is the very first day we're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. We drive to pick up we drive to pick up this uh, flatbed. So we get to pick up the flatbed and it's like one of those flatbeds that you'd find on at, like at the back of a truck. So it's a very, very, very long flatbed, mm-hmm. probably like two times longer than the car that's going to be pulling it. Mm-hmm. And immediately, immediately we knew that this is going to be a traffic concern. This is going to be an issue. And we're driving for like 12 hours to this place where we're shooting from. So immediately we know that we are going to get stopped a million times. Uh, thank, thank God we were shooting a film that involved guns. So we had some policemen, mm-hmm. uh, but still the policemen were, were like, the policemen were like, what? How, why didn't you tell us that you're driving a crazy looking car? <laughs> now, now, now they had to sit, everyone had to sit in that car so that they can explain to other policemen. And because of that chaos, we, pretty much ended up forgetting most of the props that we're supposed to use. And we got there and on the day of the shoot, we realized that we only had one gun instead of two, uh, which is why when you're watching the movie, the policeman shows the gun, that he has a gun, he shows and it's in the glove compartment, which is unusual because you'd want to have it on yourself. You wouldn't want it to be closer to the person that you're driving. But we had to do that because we needed to shoot and we didn't have a gun. So he just had to open the glove compartment and then I would put the gun there later. Wow. <laughs> so that was, quite, that was quite something. But then there's most things like the mm-hmm. DOP uh, guy that was supposed to shoot it, uh, to shoot the film, broke his back like on the very first day on your uh, while step? lifting something. Ah. Yeah, while while lifting something heavy he broke his back so then i had to like shoot wow. <laughs> while producing while directing <laughs> while checking for continuity while doing uh, all these things uh the guy that was recording our sound uh, he ended up uh, not being able to breathe because he had asthma and we were not aware of this uh what else? Oh. <laughs> There's so many things that happened. There's so many things that happened that I, so, some I've, cho- I've just chosen to forget. Wow. And and how how did you deal with all of that? I mean, because I I feel like after the whole shoot was done, like you you just need some time to just go away and detox or something. After the shoot, 
there was no there was no such time for me i i, I just had to go and and do and shoot a lot of commercials because mm. i had pretty much used up all the money that i had in my life <laughs> and i and i and i had nothing left mm. Mm. so yeah so so i had to go straight back into business and just work I get that. I get that. Now, finally, um, how did you get the distribution deal with Netflix? Because I mean, I know that in in Nigeria, for instance, they have distributors that they work with, and then you know, filmmakers have to go through those distributors. But for for you, I mean, I be, I believe your film was the first Ugandan film on Netflix. I mean, so how how did that happen? I, I think there's a bit there's a bit of luck in there because I uh, when. When when I finished the film, I was extremely unhappy with how it came out, and I I had plans of never releasing it. But but uh, I had released a trailer before, and this trailer kind of uh, went viral ish uh, around. I mean in in, in East Africa. And the, tra- the trailer looks quite good. I think when you watch the trailer, you might think that, oh, this might, this might actually be a good film. Mm-hmm. So I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess someone saw the trailer and it was getting a lot of attention. And I think they, they, they thought to themselves that, oh, maybe this is a really interesting and professional film. So uh, someone reached out to me and told me, oh, can you send that through? And I check it out. Uh, which I did gladly, but again I, I did that, and I had to even give them a disclaimer. And I was like, "The trailer looks good, but the film might actually be trash." <laughs> I actually wrote that in the email, and uh, yeah, they saw it and they're like, "Yeah, so you have a local distributor that you're working with." Uh, I didn't know any. They, they put me in contact with someone that they previously worked with. And yeah, that's how it all happened. I, I, until I saw the film on Netflix, I didn't believe that they would actually take it. Wow, wow. So it was Netflix who reached out to you directly after seeing the trailer, right? Yeah, uh, someone, someone at Netflix that reached out and then put me in contact with uh, the uh, distribution guys that I, I work with now. Amazing. I mean, that, that, that was a massive stroke of luck. Wonderful. <laughs> that was really nice. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just a lot of luck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so um, before I let you go, we're going to play, um, yeah. we're going to do a, I forgot what I call it, can you imagine? Yeah, a rapid fire round. So I'm going to say one word and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? Okay. Best movie ever? Pop fiction. Uh, best screenplay? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> I see you're a, t- a Tarantino fan. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> uh, opportunities for Africans, I guess. <laughs> well, that was more than one word, but okay. Um, YouTube. YouTube. Uh, censorship. Uh huh. TV versus film. Uh, I just love film. I, I think TV is getting getting better than film now but mm-hmm. i don't know i just love i just love film okay last one uganda uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Ah, I think it's just a love-hate relationship. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Sometimes I love it, sometimes I don't. Kind of a mixed bag. If you haven't watched a Luke Manali film, I highly recommend that you do. I'll leave links in the description. I really do think Luke Man will be one of the most prominent African filmmakers of our generation. Thank you for listening. And before you go, please take a screenshot of this podcast, share it on social media, share with your friends and family who are filmmakers or aspiring filmmakers. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And I hope to see you on Instagram. Our handle is at the African Filmmaker. Tweet at me or send me a DM. My Twitter handle is at I am Corrie and my Instagram handle is at Corrie Day, spelled K O R A Y D A Y. And of course, keep listening if you know <laughs> you'd like to do some more eavesdropping. And actually, I recorded this episode in March before Lukman came to shoot Brotherhood, you know, just for some context. And yeah, 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 yeah. I almost forgot when I come into Nigeria. I should be Nigeria next month. Yeah. And how long will you be staying? Are you just coming to work or are you going to, you know, have some fun as well, spend some time? Well, uh, from what I'm seeing with the Nigeria's oil, oil, uh, lack of petrol, oh, I don't think I'll be having any fun, but I'm going to be doing some work. Mm. Okay. Okay. No, Ahala. Enjoy your time anyway. When you get here, make sure to try all the amazing food. Um, Egusi, yeah. jollof rice, and suya, at least. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to look for that stuff.